everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to PacoCollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, today I want to talk about something that I think is really important for myself and it's really important for kind of dog training as an industry and maybe dog training as a culture. Um, I think it's safe to say that the majority of my friends list on Facebook um, are dog people and a lot of them professional dog people and the vast majority are an even tinier niche than that. They're professional dog people who um, utilize kind of the kindest methods possible or, you know, whether they're aware of it or not, are um, following kind of a humane hierarchy model for training, meaning they are using the least invasive, um, least aversive methods that they can, and they're always leaning towards positive reinforcement that's kind of been my friend circle for a long time not just on social media but in real life um and there's this constant conversation going on constant dilemma going on of you know how do we the trainers shift the public towards a more positive reinforcement based um dog training culture because right now you know, most people, kind of Joe dog owner, their first response to a behavior problem is going to be corrected. Their first thought is utilize a punisher. And, and you know, they probably don't aren't even aware of the four quadrants. And honestly, they don't need to be aware of the four quadrants. But what's important is when they see a behavior they don't like, they want to do something to the animal to make that behavior stop. And that's their first instinct. And that makes sense you guys because largely as a culture that's how we're raising children and and it's how we treat adults um you know you do something at work that your boss doesn't care for and you get a wrist slap um you commit a crime and you know depending on the severity you pay a fine or potentially you 
pay with your time. You pay um, with days of your life behind bars. And just we, that's how we operate. We're punishment-based society. And so dog trainers thinking that, you know, public education, because that's usually what people are talking about is let's educate the public better. Let's, you know, spread the word and let's teach positive classes. And let's, you know, when we have those people in our, as our captive audiences, let's shove quadrants down their throat and let's talk to them why about why XYZ tools are not right or not okay. And um, talk to them about the ethics and the science and educate, educate. And that's what people are talking about doing. And I've thought that they were off base for a long time. I used to be totally on that bandwagon and that's what I did. Um, and it completely didn't work. The people that I reached, the people I was able to reach, they were in already. They were already willing to change. They were already willing to um, embrace a positive reinforcement based kind of lifestyle, which is counter to, again, the one that we are living every day as Americans. Um, and so I don't think it's about public education at all. I think it's about setting an example. Um, I think that the, you know, I've said it before, Laura Van Arndunk Baugh said it when I was at the ranch. She said, shut up and show off. That's how we spread the word. That's how we make things better. And I completely, completely agree with that. Rather than preaching, rather than getting in fights on the internet, rather than boring the hell out of your poor captive audience that comes to your class once a week, why don't you show them the, re the results? Literally just show them the money. Um, make sure that what you're teaching them is going to work. Make sure it's going to work fast. And teach them only what they need to know to get the results. They don't need a bunch of extra information. They just need to know um, as much as they need to know to get the results. I remember um, the first person I paid to design a website for me, that was a long time ago. Um, she always wanted to sit me down and show me her process and show me what she was doing and show me how I could do the same thing if I wanted. And you guys, it drove me insane. I wanted to pay her to do it for me because I didn't want to do it myself. <laughs> And she was, you know, wanting to teach me the ins and outs and the logistics of my website. And I didn't want any of that. I just wanted to be able to push a button and have the website work for me. That's all I wanted. Um, and she didn't provide that for me. And guess what? She's not my web designer anymore. A uh, wonderful person, does wonderful work, great work. And it wasn't what I wanted. And I think dog trainers are treating their clients like that. They're saying, you know, here's a bunch of information that you didn't want, that you didn't ask for, that basically tells you that everything you're doing is wrong. And that's just not helpful. You guys, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't help anybody get better. And it really doesn't help the dogs get better. And just besides the fact that your client retention is probably not great if this is how you're operating. Um, we're not changing anything as positive trainers when we do that because you know what the e-collar trainer down the street is not doing he is not preaching to his clients about quadrants he is not um preaching to his clients about anything he's literally handing them a button that makes the thing work um and we have got to 
basically provide the same thing, but with positive reinforcement. And you know what? We actually can. We just need to up our skills a little bit. We just need to have the chops to do it. Um, And where do we start? I think one of the best things that we can do as dog trainers, as far as that public education front is concerned, is to go be in the public and be utilizing positive reinforcement with our beautifully behaved dogs in public. I have a few examples for you. Um, This week I went to Cabela's to buy my GPS collars that I talked about, you know, almost six months ago. Um, Big purchase for me. So some other things needed to be in place before I bought them, but I did just buy them. Um, And when I was in the store, I had Felix and he was walking next to me on a loose lead. He was being lovely. Um, you know, saying kind of people, checking out the store, walking next to me, just having kind of a great afternoon of shopping with mommy. Um, he picked a toy out <laughs> off the shelf that of course I bought for him and I'm feeding him food the whole time. And it made me especially pleased when I had to ask the man to open up the electronic collar case, um, with his key so that I could get my GPS collars, which do not have, Um, a stimulation or a shock function at all they're just a gps but they're in there with the other collars because they're very expensive um, and they're made by the same company that makes the shock collars and so um when i had to ask the man to get my non-shock gps collars out of the case it made me very happy to be able to ask felix for a downstay while he did that and to feed felix for doing his downstay while the man observed what I was doing and got the collars out for me and gave them to me. Um, what is so cool about that is because it's exactly what I want. It's exactly me or anybody showing up, being seen with a trained dog who is being paid for his good behavior with something that he wants, like food. Um that was just that just made me so happy to be able to kind of show that and do that and that always makes me happy did the guy ask me any questions no he didn't um that's probably for the best i was a customer and but you know yeah people walked by and i saw them noticing i saw them seeing what was going on and that i think that's how we actually make change because you know who I see out there doing that. I see people out there with dogs um, who are not being trained with positive reinforcement, who are being trained with aversive control doing that. They're out there showing off their beautifully trained dog in public. Um, It's a big marketing strategy and it's a good idea. So besides marketing, it spreads the word for positive reinforcement. Uh, Leslie and I took a couple of our dogs on a five mile hike the other day it's a pretty popular kind of iconic uh washington trail so there were lots of people lots of dogs and um both of us the whole time anytime we needed to let somebody pass it's a narrow trail we'd pull our dogs over our dogs would do a sit stay we'd feed the dogs for sitting and staying and not a single group walked past us that didn't comment on how nicely behaved they were and i have taken that as my cue to feed my dog the second somebody says look how well behaved your dog is i feed her and the reason i do that is so that they see that this is not magic this is not force this is about food 
that this dog is doing what I ask because I am paying her for doing so with food. And I know that there are plenty of trainers, they're probably not the trainers listening to this podcast, but maybe they are, who would say that, you know, that's actually the downfall, that she should be doing it just because I told her. And um, I'm sorry, that's contrary to what the science says. And it's also contrary to just how I choose to live my life. Nobody should do anything just because I said so. Um, Listen, if I was queen of the universe, things would be pretty different um but I'm not and so my dogs get paid for doing what I asked them to do uh later on same trail Iggy my kind of formerly dog reactive uh fearful of strange dogs dog um was rushed by an off-leash Yorkie uh (laughs) cute little tiny guy rushing at her barking growling just being ferocious staying at least five feet away because he at least had the brains um to do that but you know rushing and barking her off leash his owners are doing nothing about it and Iggy, my queen she is so incredible she looked at that dog and she looked at me and i said you got this girlfriend and she said you know what i do i'm gonna take the high road right now (laughs) and she took the high road and she walked on and she did not snark back at that yorkie And I fed her, fed her, fed her for it. And the Yorkie's owners saw me. Really interesting. When the Yorkie's owners saw me do that, they kind of berated their Yorkie who didn't care. They were just like, see, see how good that dog is. Um, Which, what did I do again? I just fed her, fed her, fed her some more. So that maybe, you know, just maybe next time they come to the beach, they bring some food for the Yorkie. Honestly, I doubt it. But it's a maybe, and if it did happen, it would be worth that entire interaction. And hopefully other people walking by did witness the interaction and saw that the dog that did not react, that did take the high road, that was well-behaved in that incident, was being fed for doing so. Um, That's what I want people to see. That's how we can shut up, quit preaching on the internet, uh, quit preaching to our clients, and just show off just go out in public with your dogs and pay them for being wonderful and pay them with food you can pay them with toys as well if you would like um i think that's probably a little less effective because too many people would say well my dog doesn't like toys could they say well my dog doesn't like food absolutely but i think there are a lot more dogs that will eat anywhere anytime than dogs that will play anywhere anytime um But definitely with Felix, I use toys and food interchangeably in public um, to reinforce. And I find both of those things useful. So my challenge for you guys, the dog people of the internet, is to get out there and show off your dog's skills and reinforce those skills generously in ways that people can see. So don't feel like your dog needs to go out and perform and be perfect without reinforcers to make an impact. Because I think a lot of us positive trainers, we've been thinking that for too long. We've been thinking, you know, I need the dog to be perfect without food in order for my clients to buy it. And in fact, what we need to convince our clients is that leaving the house with food is as vital as leaving the house with poop bags and a leash. We need all these things. Um, you know, food should just be one of those other things we bring on a walk. And so instead of thinking we need to train these dogs to perfection in public without food, 
let's get out there and show what can be done if we just continue to pay our dogs generously for what we're asking them for um, and just shift this paradigm and say, you know, this is an animal we're dealing with who has his own motivations, his own needs, and I'm going to motivate him using something that he does need, which is food. Uh, and we're going to have a good conversation here. I think that what you'll find is number one, you'll get people asking, you'll get people asking if you're a trainer and if you are, and you want their, um, if you want them as a client, you can start that conversation then. And if you're not a professional trainer and you're doing it and they ask you if you're a trainer, you say, well, not professionally, but I do train my own dogs so that they can be good companions for me. And then they might ask you who, who you train with and then you tell them. And if it's nobody, um, or if it's an online source, tell them that or tell them, you know, I just use food. I just make sure the dog knows that I've got you know, something that is worth their while and they can comply. And I think just, just showing up and showing off is so important and we're not doing it enough. And the, uh, the quote unquote other side, the people who are your competition, they are doing it. Um, and people are bombarded with mes messages of the effectiveness of punishment daily. We're addicted to it. We watch you know, court TV, we watch Judge Judy, we watch Dr. Phil shred a person in a chair on his talk show. We are bombarded with it. We love it. It's not effective. So at least in this very small niche, we need to get out there and show what we're doing with our dogs and be sure that the reinforcement piece is something that the public can see. Um, it's something that is visible to them because then we can really start to make a change. So get out there, do this, show some beautiful skills, beautiful obedience out in public uh, with your dog and reinforce your dog. And if you can whip out your smartphone, take a quick video of what you're doing and post it as a comment um, wherever you see this podcast on social media, because I would really, really love to see what you guys are doing and have fun. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.